Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome, everyone. This is Sean Murray. We're back with the New Cyber Frontier. We get a special guest all the way from Deutschland. Welcome, Tony Muccio. Tony is a principal cybersecurity engineer at Black Tower Security. Welcome, Tony. The Gates. Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great. Excellent. Hey, so I appreciate you joining the show. Um, you know, you've got a, a great background in, in um, you know, sim technology, various sims, ArcSight, SolarWinds, uh, you know, Splunk. Some people say Splunk's a sim. I think it's a part of a sim uh, solution. Um, why don't you give us a, a little bit about your background? Tell us, uh, tell us what's going on. Yeah, sure. Um, I have worked on all of the legacy sims for the most part. So I've covered Logarithm, Splunk, Exabeam, Elasticsearch, uh, QRadar. And, uh, you know, now I'm digging into the uh, future of sim, which is like the XDRs and the uh, user behavior um, and entity analytics. Um, and, uh, you know, digging into, you know, how machine learning, uh, is going to start protecting our cell, our, our, our businesses, um, and our, uh, enterprises, uh, through our, our SIM. So, um, you know, XTR, uh, you know, when we're talking about Gartner, at least, uh, they say that it's more of like a hype term and, uh, I probably couldn't agree more. Um, I've actually been doing a lot of research. I've, uh, put together a spreadsheet of, uh, about 50 sims um, covering about 45 data points. And um, a number of the XDRs are kind of hit and miss. Some cover, uh, you know, sim technology, like, uh, you know, alarming content reporting um, and the, the usual uh, regulatory covers. And uh, then others are leaning more toward endpoint detection response, trying to extending, extend that further uh, to actually um, be more like a sim. And then we have the, uh, you know, network, uh, uh, defense and response and, you know, that sort of monitoring. And, uh, so the XDR, um, title, you know, or the, uh, acronym doesn't really reflect any particular type of tool yet. Um, but I think that, um, you know, there's, uh, three XDRs that I've looked at that are really exceptional, um, and, uh, you know, so far, uh, you know, I'm still doing, you know, proof of concepts with them and uh, digging deeper into their feature sets, but they're phenomenal. Um, you know, it, it, it used to be that, you know, if a, a user was behaving, uh, you know, uh, erratically, then, you know, you would have to depend on like the user um, and entity behavior analytics to fire off. But um, now with machine learning, you can... Uh, apply it to practically anything. So um, whether it's uh, location or, um, you know, device or programs used, anything you can think of, it's going to, you know, tell you if it's different. So 
Um, and the, the really amazing part is that you can create these custom machine learning tools that uh, make it so that anything you can even imagine, um, you know, monitoring for deviations and changes can be fired on. So, um, you know, the, the, the challenge on my side uh, with the engineering part is just making sure that things are tuned, right? And like the, the hardest thing that, you know, us uh, cyber security engineers have to deal with is alert fatigue and getting too many alarms. So, you know, there has to be that fine line of, you know, alarm on everything that looks abnormal and, you know, uh, alarm on things that have very clear, you know, uh, minor techniques and tactics uh, attached to them. Yeah, it's it's a good point. Um, when I was with Army Cyber uh, over in uh, Wiesbaden, Germany, that was several years ago. Uh, spent about three years over there, and in, in our team, um, we ended up you know hiring a couple of ArcSight engineers to come over, and you know back to that that fatigue of so many alerts, so many events coming in. Which one do you you know you know discern that actually could be something, right? So one of the right. things we've talked about for years is that artificial intelligence engine, um, you know, XDR, uh, machine learning, whatever it is that can help automate, this really is something that we need to look at, right? So um, with with that discipline of, of cybersecurity, because there's so many different uh, disciplines, um, SIM, SIM technology, the ingesting of all of the different types of uh, systems and network devices and security devices, uh, that user behavioral analytics, you know, so you know, now you're talking about DLP type of uh, behavior with user interaction with information, data, you know, systems, applications. It does provide a lot of value. Um, the other aspect of it is how much data is being created that can be analyzed to provide efficiencies, um, identify. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, what the user is doing, but how the user is doing something, uh, what's the steps, how many processes, um, you know, how can you refine that and then apply that to training programs to increase efficiency, uh, to make sure that people are using um, the products the way that they're supposed to, not necessarily because they're deviating from practice, but making sure that they're, they're the most productive. And, um, you know, we can use data analytics, right? It, that's the whole idea behind all of it. Um, we're talking to Tony Machio uh, at Black Tower Security. We're going to be right back after this message. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the new Cyber Frontier. This is Sean Murray. I have a special guest all the way from Germany, Tony Macchio. Uh, he is the principal cybersecurity engineer at Black Tower Security. You know, Tony was giving us a background on, um, on his years of experience with uh, SIM technology, SIM technology, depending on where you live in the world. Um, you know, before that, you were at Optiv for about seven years. 
um, you know, predominantly working with logarithm. You know, one of the things that we talk about um, when we're talking about that specific discipline, because there's that that is a that is a discipline within cybersecurity. All that information, all that data that's being created, uh, all those systems that are ingesting information, um, you know, pivoting right into the being ingested by the sim to be able to uh, provide uh, the engineer, the analyst um, information, automating that process and in finding the value of that information, that data um, is is significant, right? So we can enhance our processes, right. take a look at. Um, you know, not just whether or not a user is doing something they're not supposed to be doing, but we can use that artificial intelligence, um, that, that machine learning to identify efficiencies, right? Um, give us some examples of some of the things that you're looking at outside of just whether or not um, a user is in compliance. Well, um, you know, we're, we're monitoring for um, primarily for malicious activity. That's, um, you know, our bread and butter. Um, but uh, we have clients that also uh, apply it operationally to see, um, you know, where they can um, shore up their technologies and such. So, um, you know, if there's any sort of uh, odd behavior of their, you know, uh, their clusters or indexers or, um, you know, their uh, website, SQL databases, um, anything like that, they can monitor that sort of activity. Um, and they can also apply, you know, big data analytics to, uh, you know, uh, their uh, clients' data. So as they're uh, checking the website and things like that, you know, if they get any sort of 404 errors or anything like that, they can set up alert alerts on that as well. Um, you know, on the cybersecurity side of things, um, you know, monitoring for malicious behavior is uh, almost like an art. Um, you know, you, you want to alert on things that look odd, but you don't want to alert so much that your analysts can't get to everything because uh, a lot of things that we've seen, um, in, in recent news is that, you know, a lot of these breaches, like a lot of the times these businesses had alarms, they went off, but either, uh, through, um, you know, mistakes and errors, or just from completely being overwhelmed by alarming, um, you know, those alarms weren't triaged properly. So, um, you know, you have to apply, uh, you know, a, a proper amount of, you know, concern on certain activities and uh, make sure that you're setting up tuning uh, properly. So um, a lot of sims will just alert if there was a, a new program ran, right? And that's a, a good way to do it. But, you know, there are so many programs out there and, you know, in these in this world where, you know, the internet of things and all these devices being added in, like you're, you're going to see new programs all the time. So unless you're like highly regulated, like you would see in like a hospital or a bank or something like that, um, you know, people are bringing in their own laptops and anytime they run a new program, it's going to alarm. So, you know, you have to really tune it down and def define, you know, what the expectations are, um, you know, from an employer's standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in, in the ability for uh, efficiency, I think of how many embedded applications there are just in the Windows operating system, right? So how many applications right. are firing all the time? Uh, you know, let's filter that out unless it's the, an application has been compromised. And so, you know, it's good discussion uh, as far as how do you balance that out? Uh, you know, making sure your analysts are looking at exactly what you want them to be looking at. For efficiency and for you know making sure that uh you know alerts good alerts uh, are not being overlooked um so let's 
Let's transition a little bit. Um, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We know uh, the the conflict uh, with Russia in in Ukraine is is creating a, a global awareness of not just you know what some perceive as an injustice of, of what's going on, um, but there's other things that in our community in our world uh, that are very concerning. We know that. Uh, uh, Russia has long practice in the trade craft of, um, you know, advanced persistent threats, uh, gaining longevity, uh, in networks and, in, in, you know, intelligence gathering. But, you know, the world has imposed a lot of sanctions on Russia right now. And so there's a different, a few different strategies that, uh, they're looking at as far as, you know, cyber, uh, attacks, um, everything from ransomware to, even you know gaining monetary uh funds through cryptocurrencies and you know going back to one of the old social engineering using uh the uh the um uh the payment cards and the 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 uh oh my gosh what we call what we were just talking about it before the break the um gift uh, like cards gift like cards that. right so um yeah getting people to go buy gift cards and then you know siphoning that money as well um, let's talk about, you know, what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine right now. What are you seeing as far as, um, you know, cyber threats, uh, out there in your realm? We talked about the hermetic wiper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, when Russia attacked Ukraine, they released a malware, a hermetic wiper. Um, and you know, it was, uh, um, acting as if it was ransomware, as if the data was just being encrypted when it was actually just being completely wiped out. And, uh, you know, that's something that we might expect in cyber warfare is to try and mask your actual um, activity. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Russia didn't play its full hand. I think that they still have a lot left to uh, utilize. Um, I think this, this is just their first wave of cyber attacks. Um, you know, we have seen uh, Russia pull off quite a, a lot of uh, strong um, hacks um, in the past using uh, zero days and the hermetic wiper didn't seem to do that much. Um, now, if we look at something uh, in the past, like uh, Stuxnet, um, the U.S. saw the Iranian uh, nuclear threat as, as, as a problem and they wanted to take care of it. So they released Stuxnet. Um, and luckily, uh, this was uh, developed to only attack the um, the Iranian nuclear facility, so it didn't actually uh, cause that much um, external damage. Um, but I believe it was uh, a CrowdStrike that, um, or no, sorry, it was so Symantec that um, did a little bit of data gathering and found that uh, 60% of Stuxnet was outside of Iran. Um, luckily, it didn't activate or attack anything because it was defined of just the nuclear facility devices. Um, but, you know, if we saw something like that from Russia being released, I don't think that they would put any sort of filters on it. Um, although uh, I have heard um, from multiple sources that there have been times where um, Russian hackers will actually try and avoid hacking any computers that have Russian keyboards um, so I thought that, that was a, an in, intriguing development, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at is that, you know, they, they have these capabilities ha of hacking, um, you know, extremely advanced, um, tactics and, uh, techniques. And, 
Um, you know, uh, a general business may not have too much concern that Russia wants to hack them directly, but, you know, releasing that sort of malware ransomware into the wild, it can go anywhere. And, you know, once it's been captured by, you know, a black hat team that has other, you know, um, uh, plans, they may be able to rebuild it and reconstruct it to, you know, utilize their own. So uh, with Seduxnet, it had uh, four different zero days built into it, zero day vulnerabilities. And, um, you know, with Hermetic Viper, I don't believe it was actually using any zero days. Um, like they were known zero days, but not unknown zero days. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, with, with Russia, they have the ability to go much further. And I think that the U.S. knows that and we're, we're being very careful about, you know, how we're um, dealing with the um, Russia-Ukraine uh, war, really. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. You know, we're going to come back and, and talk about that in just a second. Uh, some of the, the ideas that we may have of uh, what's in that arsenal that hasn't been used yet. Uh, I agree with you. So we're going to take a short break uh, for our sponsor. We'll be right back. BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. Uh, we've got Tony Mancio. He is the cybersecurity engineer um, at Black Tower Security. We're talking uh, specifically about SIM, artificial intelligence, XDRs, um, you know, machine learning, um, you know, capitalizing on, on, and, you know, newer generations of technology to be able to, um, you know, better uh, assess, uh, the threat, the insider threat, um, the advances in technology, ingesting all that information and data, uh, to be able to find threats. You know, we, we're talking a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on in Ukraine with Russia, um, you know, hermetic wiper, um, you know, being one of those first, uh, pieces of malware that we saw you know, that was planned well in advance. And there's a discussion in, in, in some of the circles that I run in on, on, on the cyber side. Why didn't Russia use some of its stronger, uh, APTs malware to take down national critical infrastructure to disrupt communications so that it had a less, um, destructive kinetic response? To trying to take down um, Ukraine instead of the the destruction that's going on, what do you what are your thoughts on that one? I mean, we I think we both agree there could have been a lot more uh, a, a lot less peaceful approach to taking everything down, disrupting supply chains, natural critical infrastructure. They have the capability. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think with Russia, you know, their capability of taking down their infrastructure is there. Um, I think there's two particular opinions on this. The first is that they expected the 
attack, the initial attacks to um, reach Kiev and for them to implement, uh, you know, their own ghost governmental controls and, you know, breaking down critical infrastructure would have made it much harder to, you know, woo the Ukrainians. So, you know, uh, damaging anything that the average individual and citizen uses um, would have actually hurt their cause. Um, and I think that uh, the other option is that potentially they already have um, hackers inside of Ukrainian systems. Um, you know, we see breaches nowadays that, you know, uh, the average breach duration, depending on the source, could be between 60 days and 200 days. So Ukraine may not know it's actually been breached for another two months, um, you know, depending on how their defenses are. And, you know, they are a state government, sure, but we have even seen U.S. state governments um, be hacked by things like solar winds. Um, you know, and that was, uh, it started in March and we didn't hear about it until November. So, uh, you know, the capabilities are there. So, uh, you know, either Russia wanted to keep the citizens happy and just swap governments and hold Ukraine as its own, as a, you know, puppet government, or, you know, that they're, they've got a foothold hold in their, you know, intelligence uh, community, and they don't want to disrupt any sort of internet or uh, communications that might cause them to change channels or so something like that. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, to align that with with you know the current approach. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what what happens. Um, the the additional outcome. Um, it's going to be interesting for the entire globe. Uh, whatever happens. Um, you know, in, in, in the end with all of this, uh, I think there's an, an ad, a lot of additional lessons learned. Um, and there's, uh, it's just, what is the level of importance going right back to the initial discussion? Artificial intelligence, be it able to do use predictive analysis. We've got to get to quantum computing, which then requires quantum encryption. Um, and the level of AI that's necessary to be able to do that exceeds even what Watson uh, and IBM uh, produce today. And, and there's really smart people working on some of that stuff. So, I, I, you know, to get some insight is always uh, uh, great. Um, so lots of contributions on the, the SIM side, the, the analytic side, um, you know, systems engineering, looking at code, looking at how information and data can be used to identify threats internally, uh, user threats. Um, what about the future, say the next five to 10 years? What do you see as far as technology goes? Um, what's the next big thing? You know, we've been talking about some of it and I think some of it's going to mature, but what's missing? Where do we hit, still have gaps? Well, I think that there needs to be um, a lot clearer um, frameworks for businesses to follow. I, I think that there's a, a bunch of good frameworks out there, but there's, there's still gaps when it comes to cloud computing and things like that, um, but they're still trying to square away. Um, I mean, the majority of the breaches come from misconfiguration in the cloud. So making sure that the engineers that are working in the cloud know what they're doing and understand what they're defending um, is really important. Um, and I think that, um, you know, with the future, uh, we would expect that uh, machine learning and AI will get stronger. Um, you know, in the, in the 
further future, I would probably expect um, you know AI and machine learning to be com combating each other. So you know we'll see malicious actors already that are running botnets that are running automatically and scanning for vulnerabilities and dropping um, malware onto devices. So you know it's only going to get worse from here. And uh, I think that uh, the ability to monitor for any sort of um, anomalous behavior is the only way to go now. Um, we can't go back to only depending on, you know, hashes of files and things like that when we have polymorphic um, malware out there and, you know, changing, um, you know, file names. Like, none of that is going to help you detect uh, an actual attack on your enterprise um, as it occurs now. Um, and, you know, I, I still encourage people to have threat feeds and IOCs um, added as they release um, you know, uh, a, a great website to follow is the um, IC3.gov. Um, that's the uh, CISA um, Cybersecurity Infrastructure. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, Cybersecurity Infrastructure IC3's Security. FBI. Yeah. So it's basically the FBI, and uh, they re release a, a number of different IOCs of new ransomware and things like that. And, um, you know, adding that sort of stuff into your systems uh, always helps monitoring for. Um, you know, critical infrastructure and things like that. But, um, you know, for the random, um, you know, attackers out there, the black hats that are more likely to breach you than um, say like state actors and things like that, um, you know, they're going to be using things that, you know, we don't have IOCs for, or, um, you know, they're going to be editing their files a little bit to make it different. Um, so, you know, you, you have to start monitoring for behavior. You have to start taking that data and applying it um, uh, as analytics and making sure that um, you understand how your business should operate and have alarms firing for anything that happens out of, outside of the norm. Um, you know, I think that we're moving toward uh, uh, more of a zero trust framework. That's uh, another big um Buzzword, uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, a, a buzzword for the most part, yes. Um, but I, I do think that there are some pointers to it, though, like, um, you know, uh, pointing to, uh, you know, if you are in an, on a new machine, for instance, then apply, you know, multi-factor and some other sort of, uh, sort of identification, right? Um, you know, things like that, just to add an extra layer, because we, we've seen that multi-factor authentication isn't, the end all be all that we expected it to be. Um, there's a number of ways for people to get around it, whether they, um, you know, try and uh, connect at the same time that the person normally connects and then they see two pushes and think that's probably me. Um, you know, we also see it where, you know, the hackers can, uh, you know, uh, SIM swap. And, uh, you know, if your multi-factor authentication goes through your uh, phone number, or uh, through an SMS, I highly recommend changing that. Um, you should be using a multi-factor authentication app on your phone. That seems to be more secure. I would still question, um, you know, the stronger hackers, they can get onto your phone if they're good. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's so many ways to get around multi-factor that we have to really focus on behavior and, you know, um, adding those additional login steps when necessary. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, good points. We can't forget, even with the advancement of all this other technology, SIM technology, AI, quantum, uh, we still got to do the basics, right? And, and one of them is going right back to culture. 
uh, culture of leadership, culture of business owners, understanding that you've got to do something um, to do nothing uh, just, you know, keeps you open. Uh, what is it that you need to protect? So segmentation, uh, multi-factor authentication. Um, yeah, there's more of a focus of transitioning to MFA. Um, you know, maybe two-factor and, and two-factor is not multi-factor. Maybe you have more than, you know, just two factors in, a, in an MFA solution. Um, I, I'm starting to see some of them in, you know, the, the idea is you're trading convenience and the ability to, the, to, to log into systems. My wife works in nursing, so medical industry. Um, they actually look at the cost of every single minute that uh, a provider is not providing, you know, care for patients to include you know, logging into a computer system that, that provides a monetary amount. So, you know, there, you gotta, we gotta change that culture, but we've also got to do all of the other, um, you know, all the other stuff that, that we talk about as well, um, to maintain a good infrastructure, you know, having policies, procedures, making sure, you know, you talked about those frameworks, uh, understanding the complexities of various laws related to privacy, where you're at, the country laws, um, all of that applies as well. So, um, and, you know, there's, you know, when we talk about, um, IA, um, and we talk, or AI, we, when we talk about machine learning, um, you know, that's going to be all part of the solution as well. It needs to understand what's, what, where the deviations are. Um, so we're getting at the end of the, uh, podcast here, Tony. Uh, Mincio, he is, uh, you know, the principal cybersecurity engineer at Black uh, Tower Security. Uh, he's been on with us, it, it, you know, 30 seconds to give you your last thoughts. Um, yeah, sure. Um, my last thoughts would just be to, uh, you know, really consider uh, your, your current infrastructure and, um, you know, how you're monitoring your SIM and your XDR and um, making sure that uh, you're utilizing it properly. Um, I've seen a lot of SIMs and XDRs out there that um, just aren't tuned properly. They aren't um, being updated as much as they should. Um, they don't have enough use cases being applied to them. They're kind of being ran headless, basically just allowing it to alarm when it alarms, tuning it when it needs tuning and leaving it alone. I think that that's a mistake. I think that a good infrastructure needs a team that utilizes their sim to its fullest extent i think that a lot of um, sims aren't being pushed enough i think that you know uh, if you're going to be applying you know ai or uh, machine learning or even you know a more basic legacy sim you you have to set up your rules in a way where it monitors for behavior rather than just iocs that that would be my not my final point yeah, great, uh, great last final comment. Um, you know, you spend a lot of money on on that technology and on the analysts doing the job. Uh, let's do a better job of you know making sure the tools work uh, as efficiently they can for those analysts. Okay, well, thank you, Tony Machio, um, Principal Cybersecurity Engineer over at Black Tower Security. Um, he is um, out there in 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 one of those disciplines that a lot of people overlook. Thank you so much for contributing to our show uh, this time, Tony. Uh, you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. 
Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at NewCyberFrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.